The Blacks and Whites Network proudly presents Catherine Raker of Let's Just Talk. Hi, this is Catherine Raker of Let's Just Talk. You know, it's that time of year again. School is in session, and I think we can all agree every child deserves a safe, clean, and healthy ride to school. Joining us today is Emily Calantrelli and the Emmy and nominated host of Emily's Wonder Lab on Netflix. Emily is MIT engineer who shares her love of astronomy and science alongside Bill Nye, the science guy, and other shows. Now, Calandrelli, teaming with energy for everyone to promote a sustainable alternative for powering school buses. Welcome to our show, Emily. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So how do you go from MIT to hosting a popular Netflix show for kids? Yeah, so I've always been really interested in talking to kids about science, going back into the classroom, even when I was in college, going back into elementary school classrooms and middle school classrooms and talking to those kids about the really cool engineering that I was learning in my college classrooms. And so for me, that's something I've always been really passionate about. Um, so going from learning about engineering at MIT to hosting my own science show to talk to more people about why I love science felt kind of like a natural transition for me. You know, let's talk about the energy out there and what's happening um, for children. What does the science tell us about school bus emissions? Right. So I'm sure a lot of people listening are like me and grew up going to school on a diesel school bus. And the thing about diesel you probably remember is the smell, the smell of that diesel bus exhaust. You may remember the black smoke that would come out of the tailpipe. And in that thick black smoke, there are emissions that are bad for the environment. They're bad for kids' lungs. They're just, they're no good. The good news is today there are better, cleaner alternatives. So propane school buses, which I'm excited about, are just marginally higher cost than, than diesel, but you drastically reduce the emissions that come out of that tailpipe. So, for example, nitrous oxide emissions, you reduce that by 96% with propane school buses over diesel, and that's really, really great. Why are the costs associated with alternative energy sources important. Yeah, well, the cost. So I grew up with diesel, I don't know, 25 years ago. And today there are still many diesel buses that are bringing kids to school, polluting our air, polluting the air that the kids breathe. It's just it's wild that it's still so rampant. And so people might ask, like, why is that the case if there are better solutions today? And the main reason is cost. It costs money to upgrade your aging diesel fleets. And school districts are not known for having just gobs and gobs of money to throw around to improve things like this. And so the thing that I want people to walk away with is that the Environmental Protection Agency has a program called the Clean School Bus Program, which is offering $5 billion over the next five years in grants to school districts to help them upgrade their aging diesel fleet do cleaner school buses. And I'm just, I'm excited about that because it helps school districts all around the country to be able to provide cleaner air for their students. Aren't some some of the buses, uh, especially in the Midwest, besides propane, using ethanol? I'm not familiar with ethanol school buses. They might be. There are definitely many different types of school buses. Electric school bus is another option. So communities have many different options at their disposal. Electric school buses are something that comes to mind when we think of clean school buses, of course. Um, but electric is expensive. You have a lot of the That's same right. 
Yeah, you have electric school buses are great, but they're expensive. For propane, for, for propane school buses, you can buy about three propane school buses for the price of one electric school bus. And that's the part of the equation that I care about a lot because that means that generally only wealthier school districts around the country can afford to upgrade their fleet to entirely electric. But I don't think you should have to be from a rich school district to be able to breathe clean air, which is why I'm excited about propane school buses. And we've been using propane in our homes for years. Right. Overseas, they use propane where I've lived. So, you know, I'm very familiar with propane, so I'm pretty excited about what you're talking about. So how can school buses impact the environment now? Yeah, well, this is the reason why the Environmental Protection Agency cares about this issue. We all have a stake in making cleaner air for our kids to breathe, creating cleaner air for the environment, for the planet to prevent global warming, like all of these things are pieces of the puzzle. This is why the Environmental Protection Agency is investing so much money in this because they know that school districts can't afford to upgrade their fleet. They know that they just don't often have the funds to do that. So make sure if you're interested in this, if you're interested in having cleaner air for your kids to breathe, if you're interested in propane school buses, you can go to betterourbuses.com to learn more about all of this. And what else should we know about school bus safety? Yeah, well, propane school buses have been in operation for decades. They're they're a safe ride to school. They're a cleaner ride to school. It's just a better solution um, for many, many communities around. So to learn more about that, you can go to betterourbuses.com. Thank you so much. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you, and good luck with your new show. Pretty Thanks exciting. so much. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And we'll be right back on Catherine Raker's Let's Just Talk. We'll be right back. You're listening to Let's Just Talk with Catherine Raker. Did you know that memory loss now affects almost 7 million people in America? And the Alzheimer's Research Foundation estimates that by the year 2050, there will be 50 million people with dementia in America. Are you preparing your family, especially your grandchildren, for this issue? This is Dan Perkins, and I'm the author of a new book for children ages 9 to 12 and their families to help them understand that it's not their fault when Grammy can't remember them. Why Can't Grammy Remember Me is available at Amazon or through your local bookseller. Don't make your grandchildren part of the lost generation. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers was created to serve veterans who deal with the lack of sleep due to their injuries. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides a free MP3 player for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. To learn how you can help, go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us to help a veteran make it through the night. This is Dan Perkins, and I want to introduce you to my latest thriller, Ted Baker in Terrorist Gold. This is a continuation of the Brotherhood of the Red Nile story that created quite a stir because people couldn't really separate fiction from reality. This new novel is a story how the Russians interfered with the presidential election by actually blackmailing one of the candidates. Ted Baker has sent one of his agents, John Seacrest, to Moscow to try and trace the source of money that funded the Brotherhood, and John meets up with Natasha, a Russian with an attitude. 
Like the others in the series, it's full of cliffhangers. It's a real page turner once you've started it. You're going to find it difficult to put it down. Some people recommend don't start it after 9 o'clock because you'll be up all night. If you're looking for a really scary thriller as current as today's headlines, then Ted Baker in Terrorist Gold is the book for you. Order your copy of Ted Baker in Terrorist Gold, and after you've read it, go to Amazon and write a review. We're back. You're listening to Let's Just Talk with Katherine Riker. Incredible advancements have been made in HIV care since the beginning of the epidemic, more than 40 years ago. Now, with nearly half of all the people living with HIV in the U.S. over the age of 50, um, research, HIV research and treatment efforts have shifted to consider how to optimize care over the long term. Dr. Harmony Gargis, Chief Medical Officer at Vive Healthcare joining us now to discuss new data from one of the largest HIV medical meetings held earlier this month and key considerations in HIV care as people grow older. Welcome to our show, doctor. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Well, you know, how actually has the HIV treatment landscape changed since the early days of the epidemic? Well, HIV care has changed tremendously since the early days. If people want to recall back to the mid-1980s, we didn't have any therapy to treat HIV in the beginning. Then we did start developing medicines, but it required patients to take multiple medications multiple times a day, often to the point that they had to set alarm clocks to remind them when to take their medicines. And these medications had significant side effects. So thankfully, HIV therapy has evolved to the point that now most patients can control their HIV by taking one pill one times a day. And it's important to note that that one pill, that single tablet regimen, is a combination of either two or three medications all packaged together. And this has been uh, really impactful for people living with HIV in terms of simplifying uh, their treatment regimens. What are some of the most important takeaways you'd like to share coming out of the International AIDS Conference? And where was it held? Do you mind telling me? Oh, absolutely. It was a wonderful conference. It was in Montreal, Canada, and there was so much great science and research that was presented. Uh, For today, though, I will focus on two studies, uh, both of medications that uh, we make here at Vive Healthcare. And one of them is a medication called Devado. So Devado is one of those single tablet regimens I was just referencing that has two different medications within it. And we did a study looking at older people living with HIV and asked them how satisfied were they with their treatment regimen. And what we found was that uh, in this population, those patients taking the two drug regimen had higher treatment satisfactions than people taking standard HIV medications. So that was the first important study. Uh, The second one was one uh, on a medicine called Recobia. And Recobia is used for people who've been living with HIV for a long time, who have multi-drug resistant virus. So this is a really important medication for this population. And we showed five-year data from our clinical trial that showed even over five years, this medicine uh, continued to work in terms of treating their HIV and continued to improve their immune cells. So two really important uh, research studies about these medications. Um, It's important to note, though, Catherine, that these medicines, like all medications, do have side effects as well, and and data on the side effects were also shown at the conference, so people should absolutely talk to their doctors if they have additional questions. 
How could this research help address the evolving needs of the community as other things are happening to the HIV community that have just come up recently? How can that help? So this research is really important because it helps to build physician and patient confidence in these medications. So that's a key component. For our two-drug regimen, we need to continue to generate data and build that confidence um, around this medication. And we also need to do the same for people who are living with multidrug-resistant HIV and make sure that over the long term, these medications continue uh, to work in that patient population. So this is really important for us at Vive Healthcare. Our mission is to make sure no one living with HIV is left behind. And these two research studies really demonstrate how we're living that mission. Now that many people are living with HIV and are growing much older, what are the key treatment considerations to keep in mind? And what if someone comes down with HIV after all these years, how do they treat them the same? Yeah, really good question. So again, with the advances we've had in HIV care, um, the wonderful thing is people now are living longer lives and many living um, normal, productive, healthy lives. 50% of people living with HIV right now are over the age of 50. And that population is quite diverse and has different needs. For people who've been living with HIV for a long time, we have to make sure that HIV treatment is part of their overall health plan. So looking at what other medical conditions they have, what other medications they're taking, and making sure that their HIV medications are optimized uh, for them. The point that you just raised is, um, what if someone's newly diagnosed with HIV um, and is aging? And in those people, they're treated um, just like anyone else who would be diagnosed at a younger age. Right, and the other thing is, um, let me ask you this question. Um, are you seeing during the pandemic that a lot of HIV patients were not being seen or actually uh, were taking their medicine or couldn't get their medicine? Well, the COVID, yeah, the COVID pandemic definitely affected people living with HIV. What we did see is that um, people weren't getting diagnosed as frequently as pre-pandemic because it was more difficult to get in to get medical care. Um, thankfully, most people who were already diagnosed and living with HIV were able to maintain connectivity with their physicians through telemedicine and telehealth, but we definitely saw an impact on HIV testing and new diagnoses. And where can everyone learn more about your study and the medications and what to do if a relative or friend comes down with HIV and needs help and support? Absolutely. Well, the most important thing, of course, is to reach out to their healthcare professional, uh, their physician, and, and have these conversations. Um, in today's world, we have wonderful medicines to treat and prevent HIV. So I would encourage anyone who has additional questions around that to speak to their physician. And then, of course, they can also uh, go to our website to learn more about the two medicines that I talked about today, devado.com or recobia.com, if they would like more information. And I want to thank you for your mission and what you're doing and how the, the world for HIV is coming. And eventually, maybe people won't have HIV. Is that the, that's what your goal is, isn't it? And the mission? That is 100% our goal. Uh, we are absolutely working toward cure. But until we achieve that day, we are here until HIV is not. Thank you so very much for joining me today on Catherine Raker's World. And let's just talk. Thank you. 
We'll be right back. You're listening to Let's Just Talk with Katherine Riker. Did you know that memory loss now affects almost 7 million people in America? And the Alzheimer's Research Foundation estimates that by the year 2050, there'll be 50 million people with dementia in America. Are you preparing your family, especially your grandchildren, for this issue? This is Dan Perkins, and I'm the author of a new book for children ages 9 to 12 and their families to help them understand that it's not their fault when Grammy can't remember them. Why Can't Grammy Remember Me is available at Amazon or through your local bookseller. Don't make your grandchildren part of the lost generation. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers was created to serve veterans who deal with the lack of sleep due to their injuries. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides a free MP3 player for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. To learn how you can help, go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us to help a veteran make it through the night. This is Dan Perkins, and I want to introduce you to my latest thriller, Ted Baker in Terrorist Gold. This is a continuation of the Brotherhood of the Red Nile story that created quite a stir because people couldn't really separate fiction from reality. This new novel is a story how the Russians interfered with the presidential election by actually blackmailing one of the candidates. Ted Baker has sent one of his agents, John Seacrest, to Moscow to try and trace the source of money that funded the Brotherhood, and John meets up with Natasha, a Russian with an attitude. Like the others in the series, it's full of cliffhangers. It's a real page-turner once you start You're going to find it difficult to put it down. Some people recommend don't start it after 9 o'clock because you'll be up all night. If you're looking for a really scary thriller as current as today's headlines, then Ted Baker in Terrorist Gold is the book for you. Order your copy of Ted Baker in Terrorist Gold, and after you've read it, go to Amazon and write a review. We're back. You're listening to Let's Just Talk with Katherine Riker. Hi, this is Katherine Riker of Let's Just Talk. Um, And today... Catherine Cape Carr, president of the Hearing Industry Association, HIA, a forum for hearing aid manufacturers, suppliers, and providers, and Dr. Thomas Powers, an audiologist and industry consultant, will explain what this new FDA rule means for hearing health and what listeners need to know about hearing loss and treatment. HIA supports greater access to hearing aids and suggests that before making a purchase, having a hearing test by a professional is a smart move. Earlier this summer, HIA, in partnership with multiple industry leaders, professional and consumer organizations, announced the Hear Well campaign, Hearing.org, which aims to educate the public about the importance of hearing health and the value of seeing a hearing professional. I want to welcome you, um, Kate and Thomas, for joining us today. Um, I appreciate um, you coming on our show to you know, help our listeners understand why hearing is so important. Welcome to our show. Thank you for having us on, Catherine. You're welcome. Let's start with you, if you don't mind, Um, Kate. um, Can you explain the recent news about the -the over-the-counter hearing aids and what that means for our listeners? On August 16th, the FDA released its final rule allowing adult consumers to purchase 
hearing aids uh, over the counter. That is for um, adults who have perceived mild to moderate hearing loss. Now, that rule doesn't take effect until October 17th, and it will give an opportunity for people to go into a local store, whether it's a pharmacy or a big box store, um, and purchase on their own without the help of a hearing professional uh, a hearing aid. Wow, that's that's unreal. But aren't the question is, haven't they been in drugstores before, but they're not hearing aids? They may be amplifiers? That's correct. Um, they're called personal sound amplification devices, or PSAPs. And um, the reason that you can find them, say, for very low prices, under $100, is they don't have the technology of a hearing aid. They're, um, they're an inexpensive device that is, um, that is intended just to amplify sounds. It's not intended to be a hearing aid. It's intended to amplify sounds in nature for hunters or bird watchers or things like that. Now, in recent years, we have seen the introduction of online sale of hearing aids that are sold directly to consumers. That's been a change in the market, and this new regulation will bring will likely bring those products under the over-the-counter regulation. So lots of changes that are going on on regulatory issues, um, but they afford consumers more options. And I think the thing to point out to your listeners is a lot of people are going to be confused by this. And if you are confused, the best option is to see a hearing professional. Mm -hmm. And most of these people that are online actually require you to take a test before they'll send you the actual hearing aids. And so I've been working with these um, new hearing aids that have come out um, the last five or six years that have brought the prices down immensely. So my next question is for Dr. Thomas. Um, can you tell me, Dr. Thomas, uh, what is what is the role of a hearing professional and why is it important to get evaluated by one if you are experiencing hearing loss? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it, one of the issues we, we see all the time is is people with hearing loss tend to underestimate, if you will, the amount of hearing loss that they actually have. And so while this rule, as Kate pointed out, is for mild to moderate losses, uh, there are people who may assume that they fit in that category when they actually maybe have a, a more severe loss. So to go see a hearing professional to actually have that test, find out what type of hearing loss you actually have, and then allow them to give you options for whether you are a candidate for over-the-counter devices or whether you should think about prescriptive devices, which are uh, typically done and fit by a hearing professional. Uh, One of the things, of course, they're going to do is take a a look in your ear and do an actual hearing test like we all had back in grade school with tones and beeps and so forth. Mm -hmm. But it could be that when they take that look in your ear with a scope, uh, maybe you just have earwax blocking your ear and, and uh, you may not have a, a significant hearing loss at all. So we don't want somebody to buy a device and uh, and not be able to use it or, worse, push that earwax back in. So having that test can, can take care of uh, making sure that you don't have a medical problem. And then, again, once you know the results, you'll know what type of device uh, 
you know, should it go over your ear? Do you want it in your ear? Does it need Bluetooth? Is it important that your phone connects to it? Are, are you using this for work? I mean, what are all the places that you want to use the device? And that hearing professional can advise you. Uh, we expect that many of them may have over-the-counter devices in their practice as well. So it isn't that you're going to have to go somewhere else, but but it's certainly your option and right to take that test and, and decide where you can best uh, uh, treat your hearing, but it's important to, to get that treatment for your overall health as well, because uh, we tend to isolate ourselves if we don't, if we can't understand our family and friends. I, I think this question is for Kate. How can we, or how can people find a hearing professional to get tested, and how long does a hearing test typically take? You can find a lot of information about hearing health, about um, hearing technology and how to find a professional at hearing.org. That's a website that um, we have put together with a coalition, as you mentioned in the early introduction of the segment, a coalition of many organizations to promote information about um, hearing health and how to find a professional. Uh, In terms of a hearing test, it's probably going to take 30 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, Um, and it really should be a part of a standard procedure, part of what we do, much as an annual physical or uh, a visit to the dentist or having your eyes checked, particularly once you get older, because hearing loss is, of course, associated with aging or with noise exposure. So if you are around a lot of loud noises um, regularly, have a job that has loud noises, or if you're over 50, we recommend having a test, if not once a year, at least every one to three years. And, Doctor, what are the risks of ignoring your hearing loss? Well, uh, as I mentioned, one, one of them is, is certainly just social isolation. Uh, you know, if we start off asking people to repeat and eventually decide that we really can't participate in, in conversations, we tend to isolate from from social situations, which then causes other issues, and that is we tend not to be as active, so other health issues come into play. Uh, there is a, an association of hearing loss with both cognitive decline, because our, our hearing is certainly connected to our brain, um, cardiac issues as well, because we tend not to be out and about. Uh, so treating your hearing loss has not only benefits of you being able to re-engage, if you will, in social situations, but also some some significant overall health benefits. Um, You know, treating your hearing loss was mentioned in an article in The Lancet a number of years ago as one of the highest uh, mitigating circumstances, you know, for cognitive decline. Uh, So you see a lot of health benefits above and beyond uh, those of just being able to to hear better and and communicate with family and friends. Um, Many people think, think... Many people still think hearing aids are big, clunky, and expensive. Is that true? I hear technology has advanced quite a bit. And I've seen that wonderful technology, and I'm so glad since my mother had hearing aids and most of my family do that they're quite, they're so inexpensive today. They're good quality and affordable for people, and there should be no excuse for you not to get your hearing tested and getting hearing aids because they're comfortable. They don't bother people, correct? That's, a, that's such a wonderful question. And as, as you said, um, hearing aids today are sleek. They're comfortable. They're made to be worn either in the ear or behind the ear. 
Uh, the technology allows you to stream from your phone, uh, rechargeable batteries that your hearing aids will be powered all day, uh, unlike um, an, an earbud um, that may only last for several hours. These are meant to be worn 14 to 16 hours a day and be comfortable. One of the biggest misperceptions is the cost of hearing aids, that people believe that the cost is many thousands of dollars. You can find at this time hearing aids in a price range from about $1,200 for a pair up to several thousand dollars. It depends upon the technology. I like to compare it not so much to eyeglasses, although eyeglasses come at a variety of price points, um, but to a car. You can have a basic car or you can have a premium luxury brand. Depending on the technology that you desire that helps improve your lifestyle, improve your ability to communicate with the world, some people need more power, you really can find hearing aids at a range of price points. And that's an important message to get out to people. Technology, um, uh, the ability to discern sounds or to cancel out noise um, in noisy situations like restaurants, it's all built into this wonderful technology that will help people. Well, I can attest to that because they've really changed in the last few years and they've really become pretty wonderful to have constantly and not to have to deal with, you know, like you said, restaurant sounds and all kinds of other things in the background. My hearing has gotten really better because of it. And I want to thank you both for for coming and talking to us about this very, very important uh, subject and, uh, and where can our listeners go for more information. We invite you to visit hearing.org or to follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Um, Lots of information that is constantly evolving, hearing.org. And thank you very much for joining me today on Catherine Raker's Let's Just Talk. Thank you for joining us on Catherine Raker's Let's Just Talk on the Blacks and Whites Network.